Well, hello, everyone. Good to see you again. I don't see anything. We're behind a microphone. You have no idea what we look like. Maybe you do. Feel free to jump in anytime. <laughs> you know what? Just start the damn episode. theme music it's beautiful it's beautiful love it hey so uh kids are in bed we can finally do this thing i know it's been a minute it has been a minute life is apparent <laughs> here's hoping we don't hear screaming from upstairs it'd be scarier if it came from downstairs there is no downstairs we are downstairs <laughs> If it's screaming, it's probably one of us. <laughs> That's okay, though. Okay, so I have I have some interesting things for you. Okay. You ready? I am so ready. Ready. Cool. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So there is some really interesting um, conditions out there for the human body. Uh, for example... Go on. So if my phone would load now, it's been sitting on this forever and it's taking Oh, 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 oh. Paper doesn't have to load. Paper does you know what? <laughs> oh brother, this guy stinks. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you gave me so much crap for writing this stuff on paper, but I don't have to wait for it to load. You know what? Adapt <laughs> or die, okay? That's <laughs> <laughs> 12 weird and mysterious diseases of the human body. All right. And this whole page, um, some some MD page online had a list of all these things and um, conditions and just symptoms. And I'm like, how boring would that be to read that on a podcast? This is a symptom of this weird bodily disease. So I decided to write it in a way that would be a little more entertaining. All right. I mean, you can take a two-minute story and turn it into like a 45-minute-long monologue. So I'm, I'm not even worried about you making it interesting right now. It's a gift. It really is a gift. <laughs> hey there, folks, and welcome to another episode of Twisted Tales of the Human Body. I'm your host, Trevor. And today we'll be diving headfirst into the bizarre, the world, the world, the bizarre world of twelve weird and mysterious diseases of the human body. I may not get through all twelve. Buckle up, Buttercup, because it's about to get weird in here. Have you heard of Auto Brewery Syndrome? No, I have not. Auto Brewery Syndrome, where your gut turns into a one-person party. Imagine waking up every morning feeling like you've been partying all night, except you haven't. This gut fermentation fiesta is brought to you by a fun guy that is that are seriously taking their brewing skills to the next level what? auto brewery syndrome is known as gut fermentation syndrome it's a strange medical condition where a person experiences intoxication from alcohol through abnormal gut fermentation what so imagine just like eating a burger and you're just shit-faced <laughs> are you sure that these people aren't just like i swear to you 
I've never had a touch of alcohol my whole life. Like, there's no way. But, like, really, they're, like, closet drinkers. And so they've had to, like... There might be a few, <laughs> just so you know, that just like, oh, yeah, I've got fermentation syndrome. <laughs> no! I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah, no, uh, it's a thing. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, oh, where's it? Uh, symptoms include aches, pains, bloating, the irresistible urge to dance the night away, even <laughs> even at the breakfast table. No, so like it, <laughs> like it, like mentally, like makes you drunk. Like you're drunk. You're dr- you you like like like, a, like, like if you were mind, not, so like, if you were to have this, uh, and get pulled over, you would be arrested for a DUI. Like you would blow a blood alcohol level he's like i've never touched a drop of alcohol tonight that's what i'm telling you it's like people are probably just lying like uh, had to like, just to try to like get out of like getting no 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 no. i promise i didn't drink anything no they uh this is a thing so up next on the list we have persistent sexual arousal syndrome <laughs> persistent sexual arousal syndrome p yes <laughs> P-S-A-S? P-S-A-S. 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 <laughs> uh the never ending rave down there. Never ending rave. <laughs> That's what I wrote. Uh we have persistent sexual arousal syndrome, or as I like to call it, the never ending rave down there. <laughs> Imagine feeling like you're on the brink of an O 24-7. But you never get the satisfaction. Uh, it's also called persistent genital arousal syndrome. Causes the body to live perpetually on the brink of an orgasm. The sensations are particular are, are partially relieved through orgasm, but may return suddenly within a few hours. Pissas can lead to physical pain, stress, yeah. and psychological difficulties. Yeah. <laughs> Never feeling satisfied? You thought multitasking was tough before? Uh... Try it while your brain is playing its own version of an adult teen game show. Oh, and speaking of strange sensations, let's chat about walking corpse syndrome. No, I know what that is. Oh, you do? Yeah, but you can you can humor me with your knowledge of walking corpse syndrome. Well, this one takes feeling dead inside to a whole new level. Did that humming just stop? Is that the air conditioning behind us? I think that us? was the air conditioning. That is so annoying that the mics picked up the, the return vent. I didn't even realize. <laughs> wow. Our basement's loud. Well, uh, the sound quality is either going to be really good or really crappy on this one, guys. So, and everyone going forward because this is where we. This podcast. is the new. This is the new area. <laughs> well, this is fun. So, well, <laughs> maybe not in the winter. Uh, people believe they're missing body parts, organs, or even their soul. We we've all had those days where we felt like a zombie, but this is taking act, uh, method acting to the extreme. How do you find out about this? walking corpse syndrome and why haven't you told me i think i thought i swore i had if not it was on my list but i, I mean is that your only detail about it like no it's a neuro like, so it's a, a neuropsycho psychiatric disorder related to depression yeah. so this syndrome believes that like people they they, like they're dead they're, they're missing dead. a soul mm-hmm. like i i don't believe i have a, an arm mm-hmm. well your arm's right there yeah but i don't feel it yeah it's kind like of like they g- genuinely just feel it's, like it's 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 I mean it's d- a mental, depression it's a mental issue. I swear I had this conversation with uh, you. Not that I know of. Delusions that one is dying, dead, or no longer ex- <laughs> no longer exists. I don't exist. No, it's it's like a really really sad. Okay, 
weird. I've had this one yeah. on my list for a while. Okay. Uh, this next one, and I don't know if you've uh, ever ever heard of this one. You ever wanted to impress your friends with your newfound foreign language skills overnight? Hmm. Hmm. Foreign accent syndrome. Go on. Okay, so foreign accent syndrome uh, is essentially it's brain damage. Uh, so people get like bonked in the head, and then and they'll wake up. So this happens when a person suddenly wakes up speaking in a different accent. That's weird. So there's these these YouTube videos out there like crazy, and you see these people it's like she. There's this gal that's like never left her hometown of Iowa, some Midwestern somewhere, and she just has a fall like the next day wakes up with like a perfect accent like she's in in london or sussex england or just somewhere in that area like perfect accent and you just have this person that's never and they're just like you're just faking it no this this happens all the time so it's caused by strokes or trauma or tumors neurological conditions but just imagine you're just like you know falling down the stairs or just something happening one day and you wake up and you're like hello mate crikey what's going on it literally you just it's insane does the person like recognize it that it's different? Yeah, they're like, <laughs> so they can hear it and they're like, why am I talking like this? Like they don't, they can recognize that it's different. Like it's not like they just think it's normal. Yeah, but they're like, this is not how I sound. Just imagine waking up with like a perfect Vietnamese accent, and you have no ever just look at you like, what are you doing, Carly? <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know, I can't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you try to like do an American accent and you like totally butcher it. The you way, wake up like, with a Americans Vietnamese accent butcher. and then it's a Vietnamese accent doing an American accent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like trying so hard so like people don't like look at them weird and then. Uh, congenital insensitivity to pain. So like this one's a, like you can feel hot and cold. You can feel different sensations, mm -hmm. but you don't know, like you can take a hammer to my hand and it's like, I don't know what's going on. You'd feel that something's there. You don't feel pain. So imagine someone putting your hand on a burner and you just don't feel anything. Your hand's actually burning, but you don't feel it. Correct. I mean, that may not be the worst thing to have. No, I would. I'd rather know, like, what's this? What's that smell? Oh, that's my foot on fire. Like, mm. Yeah, but I mean... If you're about to be tortured, sure. Yeah, like, I'm sure there's some point in your life that might come in handy. Right, bonk me on the head, you know, like, see if labor. I can get that one. Hopefully, hopefully you get that one and not, like, <laughs> an accent. You're just mocking him now. <laughs> Stone man syndrome. Stone? Stone man. It's a rare condition where in the body's connectivity issues slowly turns into bones. One to two million people in the world are affected by this. One to two million? Mm -hmm. The gene mutation, the condition usually starts from like the shoulders and neck, making its way down to the legs. A second bone grows over the first one of the process, known as blah, blah, blah. Uh, so essentially like your muscles just start turning to bone. Okay, so is this like, what's the life expectancy with for someone with that? Like, is that because is it constant gonna... surgery? But if you if your body heals wrong, it's going to heal that spot into bone. Okay, so it's any time like so you can't work out because your once your body starts healing that Pretty, muscle. I, I I don't know, but everything that I'm looking at it is just your body just your muscles turn to bone. You become a stone, like stone man. Like I I it's one to two million people. Think about how many billions of people in the world. Yeah, but that still seems like a lot. Eh, Million to billion? No, it's. I mean, it's very minuscule. Like, it's like I want more details about this. I like I don't understand. I don't have any more details for you. Have fun looking up that one. I have. I had. Well, I had a list of twelve. I didn't yeah, go into depth for every single you're one. You're supposed to. 
Well, I have follow-up questions. Well, you know, <laughs> please write us in an email. We'd be happy to follow up. <laughs> and then we'll pick the last one here. We'll skip ahead. Uh, human werewolf syndrome. Uh, because why settle for a five o'clock shadow when you can have a half moon beard? You gotta, you gotta hold it down to make fun of me. There you go. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, there's no cure, so embrace your inner wolf and howl at the moon. So it's, it's you just grow a lot of hair. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, excessive hair growth anywhere on a person's body, including their face. The hair growth is so thick that a person can resemble a werewolf. While many illnesses have been eradicated because of vaccines, this condition remains unknown. Please contact your doctors. If you have too much facial hair. Essentially, if your face looks like Robin Williams' chest, make you rest in peace. Go see a doctor. You may be a werewolf. Or go, uh, you know what? Maybe call Michael J. Fox. I think he did a really good job in Teen Wolf. <laughs> now we see if they can donate. Facial hair? Yeah, to your cause. You know, that leads me into one other thing. <laughs> uh, not facial hair, but oh. uh, wigs. There are wigs for faces. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Just a beard? Yeah, a beard wig. On? Yeah, are you well, going to make one? in the 1450s, uh, they didn't have beard wigs. They had pubic wigs. Ew. They were called merkins. Why? Why? Uh, they were worn by prostitutes in the 1450s. Oh, is it? was it too um, sanitary Pretty reasons? Pretty much. Okay, yeah. I mean, I've, think, I've, of how think of how gross life must have been in the 1400s, in the, well, in the yeah. 14th century, 15th yeah. century. Yeah. Just, just, I mean, I'd rather be a stone man. I, I, no air conditioning, no baths, no bathing, no, just hygiene. Uh, it was like, what, yearly? We went to the dentist then? today and got our teeth cleaned. And I'm so grateful that we have high, good hygiene because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't even. So the reasons for that accessory is because um, pubic hair was considered popular and attractive in the 1400s all right then. keep in mind there isn't really anything else to do so i guess growing out your body hair was was a good fashion but for sex workers they shamed crabs to avoid <laughs> to <laughs> avoid lice and crabs and other <laughs> critters living down there so if a client came in and they see that you were bare they'd be like no they'd be like no nah. Okay, then. The reason I found that is because I was literally scrolling on Facebook and I saw a picture of this dude and I'm like, oh. It, what are it, you looking at for it was, it was it was a It was a sponsored, like, Pubic did you wigs? know? Did you know? Like, on this day. But there was a salesman, right? And it wasn't in the 1450s, obviously, but it was like a picture of when people were still doing this hundreds of years later, I guess. Uh, and he had this perfect triangle from cheek oh, under the, you know, like cheek straight across under the nose, like mustache triangle all the way down kind of a you know a, like I, I call the female triangle all right because the men triangle is like the one that points up and the female is the one that points down to represent like the chalice or like a womb right yeah something like that anyway oh. um so like a downward pointing triangle right to so the goatee like perfect triangle literally looks like a slab of pizza on his face okay only just bushy beard and i go bushy oh beard there's pizza. a sign there's a sign right there and it shows different beards that look just like the one on his face but he was selling pubic wigs. And the first thing that I saw, as soon as I saw that photo, I'm like, he's wearing one on his face. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? If he could pull it off. 
You you wanna you wanna get one for your face? Uh, maybe not a pubic wig. <laughs> don't don't buy one of those from the DIK. Uh, that's a hard pass. <laughs> I I'm really really concerned about your internet search history. If that is what is coming up recommended, it's not the internet search history. It's Facebook. It's like recommending things, and I'm like, okay, it's like a sponsored ad. Yeah, it's they're either listening to you, so whatever you're talking about in your free time, or whatever you're searching. So whoever listens to this podcast, if your internet searches or a Facebook sponsor shows up pubic wigs, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome for that little sweetheart. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. All right, what's your story for me today? That was my little... Wasn't it interesting? All those conditions that I'm so grateful that we don't I have. I mean, I have follow-up questions, so I'm a little bit upset I mean, that you didn't have, like... The one that doesn't seem like it would be that big a deal is the orgasm one. But at the same time, think about I this. I mean, you're just, just never satisfied, Well, it's right? not like, the satisfaction. You think of like, or, like yeah. orgasm. It's it's wonderful. Everyone knows it's a good, a good, oh, it's fantastic. However, think of being on the verge of having to sneeze. <laughs> and somebody taking away that never, sneeze. And never getting that sneeze. Like, oh you're like, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you're right there. You're okay. like Tom and Jerry. Like Jerry's p- p- putting the pepper right on your nose. And you're like on the last... <gasps> And there's never the chew in the in the sneeze. You're just perpetually there. And then when you do get it, it's just like <laughs> Okay. Chew. Okay, it's just, okay. It just it's just not good enough. Unpopular opinion here, but I, I think the sneeze might be worse. Like never getting that oh. sneeze might be worse. <laughs> <laughs> because well, you know how painful that is when you're about to sneeze and then it just doesn't happen? <laughs> Yeah, that's that's it rough. So bad. Yeah, hard pass. I think I I, I think that's definitely. Worse. I mean, but you steal my sneezes all the time. I know. I'm I'll go to sneeze and she'll be like, "Oh my!" I'm on like the fourth buildup, and she's like, "Bless you." She preemptively blesses me, and my body goes, "Oh, I've already been blessed. I guess I don't need to follow through with this." Hey, I preemptively bless you because you take so damn long to sneeze. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to wait. Look, I used to, it used to be normal. Ah, chew out of nowhere. And as I've gotten older, it just, it, it takes a a fortnight to just, to, to get it out. My body's just like, (laughs) it's okay. Age definitely affects your sneeze. Well, yeah, you used to have a cute little, (laughs) a tui. A I know chewy. I used to sound like a little mouse when I sneeze now. I'm and now you're like, oh, shit. I'm <laughs> <laughs> crying right now. It's so true, though. All right, so which story did you end up going with? I, I don't know. Well, I still have them both written down, so I can change my mind. You can. Last so, like, or you can mix them up together at the same time and just really throw people for a loop. <laughs> and then you have to guess which part so, belongs to which story. So, what cat? What category are we on? Are we on uh, uh, conspiracy? Are we on a tales from the crypt? Are we on bachelor parties in paradise? I don't know what that show. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It has to do with anybody from The Bachelor, Bachelorette, the bimbos, all no. around. Bimbos, it's about bimbos. Uh, no, not, no. It's about pterodactyls, dinosaurs. Yeah. Did you read my notes? I did. No. no. What do we got? What's the, what's the category? Heaven's Gate. That's not the category, but that's the Heaven's Gate. You, do you know anything about this? Uh, like where... 
the angel is there letting you in as a Peter at the, at the pearly gates. And he's just like, yeah, you didn't make it. Trap door. Just kidding, you're in. <laughs> okay. Uh, Heaven's Gate was an American new religious movement. So a cult. It was a cult. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the members committed mass suicide in 1997. Inside a San Diego mansion, the remains of 39 members of he Heaven's Gate were found. Um, they were dressed in identical dark clothing, wearing white Nikes, with $5 bills and rolls of quarters in their pockets. Is is this like the group that like Family Guy made fun of in their first few seasons where Meg goes joins the cult? Oh, God. It was a Stewie's, the Stewie's birthday episode. His one-year-old birthday and Meg I... goes and joins the cult and they're all wearing uh, like matching track suits together. And they all like, oh, cheers. They drink the Kool-Aid and blah. Yes! Oh, I didn't know that that was a real story. I thought it was just them. I totally <laughs> forgot. always the, you know, the, the, the saying, you know, don't drink the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. Is this the story of don't drink the Kool-Aid? That I think that's where it kind of comes from, yeah. I thought that was just being funny. I didn't know. Please go on. I am so intrigued. <laughs> I, did not, I did not. Like, I totally forgot about Family Guy. Oh, yeah. It was all the way back to 1999. I was 10 years old when I saw that. So they made that pretty soon after this. That's. Um, well, it was 97, yeah, was two 97. years into it. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, um, sorry. Let's see, I lost my spot. Over the span of two days, they all committed suicide by drinking a cocktail of sedatives and alcohol. Sounds like a good party. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> the or Are you sure they just didn't eat, like, too much and they had auto-brewery syndrome and they just became in intoxicated? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there, there's a whole lot behind this. Um, the origin of Heaven's Gate goes back to 1972 when Bonnie, Bonnie Nettles met Marshall Applewhite. It was said that they met. It was said that they met after Applewhite had a near death experience and she was his nurse. Both were experiencing spiritual crises. Nettles was going through a divorce. <laughs> Shut up, Siri. <laughs> um, Nettles was going through a divorce, and Applewhite kept feeling like God had a bigger calling for him. Nettles claimed to communicate with spirit guides and angels, and Applewhite searched for answers from the book of Revelation. The two of them came to their own understanding and revelation that when the Bible talks about God, Jesus, and angels, it's really just talking about extra extraterrestrials. A superior race of aliens who appear to us as gods. So in the last days, alien, um, they, where did I, where did I go? Yeah. Talking so, to the mic. Oh. In the last days, aliens will arrive in spaceships, destroy. Yeah. <laughs> Are you bleeding into the other one you were writing? <laughs> no. <laughs> I just, um. I don't know what I'm doing. In the last days, aliens will arrive in spaceships, destroy or recycle the earth and save the faithful who are ready to graduate to the next level. Or recycle. So is it going to come back as like a straw or a, a plastic bottle? I don't know. A marble. Essentially, it's the ET version of the rapture. 
(laughs) (laughs) So where the Bible refers to Jesus ascending to heaven in a cloud, they believe it to be a UFO. UFOs were their salvation. By 1975, they started offering classes where they would share their message. This life was a transitional realm where we learn to battle evil, bad aliens, transcend our human bodies, and transform to perfect beings. As time went on, Nettles and Applewhite claimed to receive more revelations. They believed that they were aliens sent to Earth to prepare mankind for the end. They changed their names to T and Doe, and the religion took on more of a monastic... T and Doe? T and Doe. Oh, was there a Nin as well? No. Nintendo? Nintendo. Nintendo? (laughs) We can get out of here. Oh my gosh. Um, The members were encouraged to be celibate. Some took it as far as being castrated. Oof. And to wear special clothing that was modeled after after Star Trek uniforms. Because that is definitely what you want to do in the late 90s. Uh, Yeah. Um, this was actually still the seventies, I think. Did you say um, the, oh, oh. No, they killed themselves in the nineties. So they were doing this stuff for it, 20 years? It started, it started in the early seventies, oh. uh, 72. Um, in 1985, Nettles died of cancer and her death shook the group's belief system to its very core because members thought they would be physically transformed while still alive. But after her death, the new idea emerged that they would have to shed their imperfect bodies and their consciousness would transfer to a next level alien body. The members also started seeing themselves as alien visitors inhabiting human bodies. They believed the government was allied with the media to hide the truth from the people that space aliens are real and the government is working with bad aliens known as Luciferians. In the early 90s, Apple White posted his first online writings, and the response was very negative. So they slowly gave up trying to convince the world to prep for the Earth's impending recycle. They started searching for signs of the extraterrestrials arriving, which they found in the discovery of the Hale-Bopp Comet of 1995. Hale Comet, okay. Um, so the Hillbop Comet was one of the most viewed comets in history because it was one of the brightest comet, comets to reach the inner sol- to reach the inner solar system. It appeared a thousand times brighter than Halley's Comet did at the same distance. It was said that the comet would pass closest to Earth in March of 1997. Applewhite believed that the Hillbop Comet was the perfect cover to hide a companion alien spacecraft. I mean. It definitely makes sense. Yeah, listen, I'm a paper. <laughs> Come at me, bro. We might, we might cuddle a little bit of the ruffling. <laughs> On March 22nd and 23rd in 1997, the members of Heaven's Gate, took, Heaven's Gate took what they thought to be the final step to escape the destruction of Earth and graduate to the kingdom of heaven. 39 people, including Applewhite, killed themselves in the hopes that their consciousness would ascend to the heavens to meet the passing spaceship. So, so, so because the comet was going. Because the comet was coming, they believed that that was their opportunity. There, there was a hidden spacecraft. Essentially, they were catching within, the bus. Yeah. And if they killed themselves within that time period, their 
consciousness would just float on up to the spaceship and they would live their happy extraterrestrial lives. Um, but the thing is to like, so everybody, um, was like talking about how it's like a cult and everything. And I mean, they, they knew what they were getting into. Like, they knew they were going to die and they yeah eventually. They, they were all okay with it like they have um they just believed they would transcend heavensgate.com has their position against suicide where it like the true meaning of suicide is to turn against the next level when it is being offered wait is this still a thing because I... it didn't they all kill themselves or this is this the people are like oh. I mean there's there's I don't think it's like actually actively like a group there's past members that obviously didn't kill themselves like um but I mean the website is there is I don't it updated know. does it look like anything new is it like no it's like, like a 90s website yeah so so maybe it's not who owns it I don't know I'm curious I might have to do some searching but um what this is what their position against suicide says we know we know that it is only while we are in these physical vehicles bodies that we can learn the lessons needed to complete our own individual transition as well as to complete our task of offering the kingdom of heaven to the civilization one last time we take good care of our vehicles so they can function well for us in this task and we try to protect them from any harm we fully desire expect and look forward to boarding a space spacecraft from the next level very soon in our physical bodies there is no doubt in our mind that our being picked up is inevitable in the very near future but what happens between now and then is the big question we are keenly aware of several possibilities it could happen that before that spacecraft comes one or more of us could lose our physical vehicles bodies due to recall accident or at the hands of some irate individual we do not anticipate this, but it is possible. Another possibility is that because of the position we take in our information, we could find so much disfavor with the powers that control this world that there could be, the, be attempts to incarcerate us or to subject us to some sort of psychological or physical torture, such as occurred by both Ruby Ridge and Waco. It has always been our way to examine all possibilities and be mentally prepared for whatever may come our way. For example, consider what happened at Masada around 73 AD, a devout Jewish Jewish sect after holding out against a, a siege, siege I can't, uh, by the Romans to the best of their ability and seeing that the murder, rape, and torture of their community was inevitable. Determined that it was permissible for them to evacuate their bodies by a more dignified and less agonizing method, we have thoroughly discussed this topic of willful exit of the body under such conditions and have mentally prepared ourselves for the possibility, as can be seen in a few of our statements. However, this act certainly does not need serious consideration at this time and hopefully will not in the, in the future. The true meaning of suicide is to turn, is to turn against the next level when it is being offered. In these last days, we are focused on two primary tasks, one of making a last attempt at telling the truth about the next level, about how the next level may be entered, 
our last effort at offering to individuals of the civilization the way to avoid suicide and two, taking advantage of the rare opportunity we have each day to work individually on our personal overcoming and change in preparation for entering the kingdom of heaven. That was a mouthful. <laughs> but they like, so, I mean, clearly they, they had, had okay. discussed and planned and like, this wasn't just a like. Try to fool people and you didn't know what you're getting into. Yeah. Like it wasn't like a sudden, like, oh, let's just kill ourselves. Like it was, like it was really, really thought out, like for a prolonged period of time. Interesting. I mean, there's some things that I'm like, well, I mean, they get the, I mean, look, to each their own, maybe, but maybe, not maybe, the alien. maybe, I mean, not yeah, the... <laughs> yeah, but aliens are real now. So, and no one cares. And I mean, the government's probably like, yeah, no one cares. <laughs> Men in black is real now and no one cares. Right? Do you care? No. Does change anything? <laughs> Do I still have to go to work tomorrow? Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know what could possibly surprise me. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that because I'm just going to, like, welcome, like, all the craziness to start happening. But, like, I just, I don't, I don't know. At, at this point, nothing surprises me. I just look at it. Look, if it's that big a deal, Waffle House would be close. Right? That's and it's true. not. So... It's true. You judge everything, like the hurricane there's, in there's Florida not right even now. A waffle House here. Why did you right? But if it's like the hurricane in Florida, like people are wondering, like, do we need to escape? What do we do? Is Waffle House still open? Yeah, we're staying. That's that's how you I know mean, it's real. That that's valid. So you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dreamers and Deceivers Dating Show, where our bachelorette Carly will have to choose between three. Contestants, but she must choose Wiley. Wiley, she must choose Wiley. Things Wiley may not Coyote? always. Wiley Coyote. Dang it! Dang it! That's that's that, that. Okay, he just got the contestant. Because oh, you said it. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Things may not always be as they seem. Will she pick a unicorn, or will she pick a meat cleaver? Oh, Let's God. tune in. I'm sorry, I'm married. Why am I on this show? Shut up, you're playing this game. <laughs> Round one, contestant number one. Our first contestant has a knack for public speaking and charisma that can make even the most somber moments light up. They're a history enthusiast. They're a history enthusiast and, a, and they have a passion for art. And they certainly know how to command attention. From leading gatherings to having a distinctive taste in fashion, this individual has been known to captivate an audience. Is this you? Get ready to witness some history in the making. Yeah. I think this one's you. That's not, that's not. <laughs> so you're gonna have to guess who these people are, but you're gonna have to pick one. Contestant number two. Okay. Our second contender has a magical personality and can make dreams come true. With a spark of creativity, they've built an empire that has touched the lives of millions around the world. A true pioneer, this contestant's imagination knows no bounds, whether it's crafting enchanted stories or bringing beloved, ch beloved children's characters to life. Their boundless energy has captured the hearts of both people, young and old, and get ready for a dose of enchantment. <laughs> contestant number three. Now our third mysterious contestant brings a unique twist to the stage. With a taste for the eccentric, They've challenged conventions and norms with their provocative style. 
Their creative endeavors span music, art, and more, demonstrating their undeniable dedication to their craft. Beneath the edgy exterior lies a deep thinker who's afraid to delve into the unconventional. Brace yourselves for a wild ride of, of intrigue and artistry. Do you have an idea of any of who these people are? No. I think number one sounds like you. <laughs> uh, I hope not. <laughs> any idea on number two? You're not saying, yeah, but if, if, if you do, if you feel. I, I feel like Disney, something with number two. It could be. Could not be. There's a lot of people that do magical things. You have a children bringing children's stories to yeah. I mean, it just... I mean... Are they bad people? I don't like, or is it? It's a fun game, so you're gonna have to figure out who these people are. No, the way the way you talked about number three, you tried to make it sound a little bit like more. Eh. So I wonder if that one is somebody that's not as bad as the other two. So would you like to continue with the second round? Yeah. Is our bachelorette ready to hear more about our contestants? Okay, it's it's more fun if you if you play along. So let's let's just like I mean, can we just can we just not? Can we can we just okay? Can you can you just? Brother, this guy stinks. Hey, can you can you pipe down? Okay, okay, back from commercial. Ready? Three, two, one. And welcome back to Dreamers and Deceivers. Our bachelorette's going to look at the second round of our contestants. Digging in deeper into the world of our first contestant, their passion for architecture shines bright. They have an eye for grandeur and a knack for turning a vision into reality. Their, is this number one? This is number one. Okay. Their artistry. Let me turn the music down. There we go. So you can hear my obnoxious announcer voice as I go, go through here. Their artistry extends beyond public speaking, and they've dabbled in creative, intricate buildings that showcase their unique perspective. Their love for nature is evident in the picturesque landscapes they often surround themselves with. Get ready to explore the world of design and aesthetic allure with contestant number one. Does that sound fun to you? That sounds great. Sounds like a good time. Okay. Contestant number two. This is why I'm not dating. <laughs> Slim pickings with these three. I'm, I'm... As we peel back the layers of our second contestant, we uncover their love for innovation and storytelling. Their imaginative mind has brought forth tales that touch the heart and ignite imagination. But it's not just about taste, tales of tastes. Tales of fantasy, they're also passionate about creating experiences that leave the lasting impact. Their dedication for pushing boundaries is clear in their pursuit of creating magical worlds where dreams come to life. Prepare for a journey into the realms of creativity and wonder. Sounds promising. Okay, thanks for playing along in character. <laughs> what do you want from me? Once you get excited, you're on a bachelorette show. This is a dating show. You hear the dating? You hear the but, dating theme music? But I'm married. You know what? For the next 15 seconds, five minutes, you're not, okay? Just. Whoa, whoa now, whoa. Our third contestant's passion for music and arts takes center stage as we delve into their world. With a penchant for pushing boundaries, they've created melodies that change conventions and evoke strong emotions. Their artistic expressions extend to visual art as well as with fascination uh, for the unconventional. 
beneath their striking appearance lies a mind that thrives on thought-provoking creativity. Brace yourselves for a whirlwind of artistic exploration and boundary-breaking performances. Yeah, no. I don't like that guy. You don't like that guy? No. You don't like that guy? I don't like that guy. Does he seem a little off to you? Yeah. Oh. I don't like that guy. See how good your uh, your radar is on any of these three. <laughs> it's, ah! Okay. Is there, more, for the, is there more to it? Uh, is there any, is, there's, there's, there's a final round. Okay. There's I, want, a final round. I want the final round. Who are you leaning on? One, two, or three so far? I don't know. One and two both sound pretty good. They sound pretty even, evenly matched? Yeah, yeah. For how ambitious they are? Mm-hmm. Okay. The final round, uh, Bachelorette is really heating up here. Uh, she has her fingers on a one or two, three, not so much. You might have to come out swinging, if you know what I mean. Contestant number one, the final round. In this revealing round, our first contestants' fervor for their beliefs and unwavering determination can sometimes overshadow other aspects of their personality. While their public speaking skills are remarkable, they might have a tendency to monopolize conversations. And while they, ha while they have a love for nature, their choices in companions have historically been rather questionable. On the bright side, behind their strong exterior, there's a glimpse of vulnerability that seeks a partner who can provide the understanding and compassion they've always needed. Any, any thoughts on I, I have no idea. No idea who number one is. No, no, no. Contestant number two, as we approach the finish line, our second contestant's unrelenting pursuit of perfection has been known to cause a few hiccups. Their zeal for innovation can lead to an occasional tunnel vision, and their aversion to criticism might raise some eyebrows. Yet the romantic side reveals itself in the stories they've spun, often drawing inspiration from their own life experiences. They long for a partner who can appreciate both the magic and the mundane, and who's willing to stand by their side through both up and downs. Contestant number three! In this climactic round, our third contestant's audacious style to, provoca uh, to, to, pro to provocate nature can be a double-edged sword. While their artistic expressions are captivating, they might send shockwaves through more conventional social circles. Their penchant for the unconventional sometimes leads to misunderstandings, but their dark humor can be an, an acquired taste. But amidst it all, they possess an intense desire for connection, creating a partner who can navigate the shadows alongside them and appreciate the beauty in the unconventional. Carly, it's time to take your pick! But first... Who do you not pick? Number three. Number three? Yeah, number three sucks. Number three just sucks. Yeah. Do you have any idea who number three I have is? No idea. No clue. Any of the hints that I've dropped at all? Not what, even. What, what's not the even. feeling, the gut feeling from the words that you heard? I just, I, 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 I like per, the person? Uh, I have no idea. I don't even know where you're pulling these people these from. These are all real people. These okay. are all significantly, I mean, they're important throughout history. Like, they are how, how long ago in history? Fairly recent. Within the last hundred years. Everybody knows who these people are. Alright. Well, Kill that I, music. I, I, I don't. Well, contestant number three, come on down! I already can tell you, I 
don't want contestant number uh, three. Contestant number three uh, is Marilyn Manson. That's a good thing that I didn't want Marilyn yes, Manson. Yes, I'm really glad you didn't choose number three. <laughs> Uh, I I was getting very theatrical, like, well, and that's uh, just not sending shockwaves through some more precarious social circles, in their dark humor. Yeah, I was definitely um, trying to be creative. And so Marilyn Manson, he's I mean significantly important in the cultural aspect. I mean, definitely through the '90s, everyone thought he was the devil. Mm-hmm. Right, the nineties, early two thousands. Well, yeah, he got banned from Utah. Well, yeah, because he's just weird, weird dude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Miss Bachelorette, the choice is now: contestant number one or contestant number two. Which one am I? Am I picking or getting rid of? Uh, who would you pick? Who would you pick? And I'll reveal the one you do not pick. I'm gonna pick. Based off of the second or the third description, that was my decision maker because they were both tied until number three. Uh, Number two. You can pick number two? I'm going to pick number two. Contestant number... Okay, enough music. Contestant number one. So he was high on your list? They were... were, One and two were tied. Contestant number one's Hitler, just so you know. (laughs) I'm going to hell. <laughs> Fashionable style. Art. He was an artist. That's true. He, he was. was an artist. He has a <laughs> Trevor, knack. You, were, I, the you, fact you thought that I was I Hitler. Thought Thank you. You thought I was Hitler. He has a knack for public speaking. Mm-hmm. Right? Are you saying I'm Hitler? A history buff. I'm not. I don't want to eradicate anybody from the face of the earth. No, I'm not Hitler. Thank you for thinking that Hitler was me. <laughs> okay, but those descriptions, did they not sound well, like uh, Love of history. Love of history. I don't have a sense of fashion or style uh, you that's pick, unique. You pick way cuter clothes than I do. Yeah, just you know, I wear I know just because I dress you doesn't mean that I'm, I'm you wearing... Have, you have, you do, you you are very, just cause very I dress you, stylish man. I, that's fine. I could be Metro. That, that doesn't make me Hitler, okay? I'm not Hugo Boss, okay? Just dressing <laughs> the Nazis, all right? However, their uniforms were actually really good looking for their time, but they just represent evil, okay? I'm not going to just point out how... Yeah, just so you guys know, Hugo Boss dressed the Nazis, if anybody anybody wants to know. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that? I did not Hugo know that. Boss was Nazi fashion. Oof. Why do I always bring up World War II? <laughs> because you're a history nerd. Uh, see, do you see why I thought number one was Do you see why I thought you were Hitler? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Episode four. Hey, but at least Just I didn't T-shirts are pick. coming out. I'm not Hitler. At least I didn't pick Hitler, okay? <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, so number two. Drum roll, please. I have no idea. That was pretty good. I can't I can't, can't do the drum roll sound. <laughs> I... Who do you think number two was? <laughs> Who's number two? I told you. I my my guess was Disney. It's Walt Disney. It's Walter. See, I I have a good Yeah, you picked Disney. Thanks for not picking Hitler. <laughs> Even though a lot of people out there think Disney and Hitler were the same. See, I, I I'm a good judge of character. You are, but you thought I was Hitler, so but I thought you were Hitler. <laughs> 
point. You have to have so many personality traits that are similar to Hitler, Trevor. Oh, you know what? There's one thing Hitler's got on me, though. A mustache. A mustache. Poor Trevor Council, a mustache. Didn't he kill No, he shot himself. I thought he had like a... So he married his cousin, Ava Braun. Uh-huh. That's gross. Questionable, questionable relationships. Uh-huh. And apparently they both just... Just got got on the way out of town. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're not Hitler. Moral of the story. Thank you for not being Hitler. I'm so glad I'm not Hitler. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not Marilyn Manson or Charles Manson for that matter. I should have done Charles Manson. But then that would have been too pretty, you know, I thought about doing like Ted Bundy. I typed in Al Bundy first and I laughed and I'm like, that's a character off of <laughs> Married with Children. You need, I should to just... brush, you need to brush up on your, I, uh, your serial I, killers. You know, I'll, I'll have to do something. I guess I live more in a pop culture world than a world of death. I, I, I'll, I'll bring the death to the podcast. Bring the, then. Bring the death. So anyway, uh, I think that's it today. All right. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad to know that I am I'm a decent judge of yes. character. Yes, ladies and, and gentlemen, Carly, the Bachelorette, in this well, in this case, she is the Bachelorette. Uh, she picks Walt Disney, Hitler, Marilyn. Uh, best of luck to you. I chose. <laughs> you chose. Paul. No, I didn't though. No, you chose wisely. I I did good. You did good. She did good, everybody. I'm proud of myself. All right, bye.